In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today's guest, she's a body confidence, self-acceptance, and lifestyle influencer from London, Alex Light underscore LDN, which by the way, when I typed that out, I realized the LDN is London and I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) She is also the author of the new book, You Are Not a Before Picture, How to Finally Make Peace with Your Body for Good. Welcome to DST, Alex Light. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Do you know what? It's yeah. funny, the, L, the LDN in my handle, um, a lot of people actually think that stands for licensed dietitian and nutritionist. And I'm like, no, no, it's no. so <laughs> funny. Not <laughs> qualified, just live in London. You just live in London. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really yeah. funny. That's a great segue. You are not a licensed dietitian or nutritionist, <laughs> but you do post. First of all, I love all your posts. They have gone really viral lately like I've just see them all over my page or maybe that's the algorithm targeting me like crazy but I really love the message that you're sharing you also like shed light on a lot of stuff I didn't realize even though I've been doing this podcast for years and years you did a post about like Disney princesses and uh, versus yeah. the villains which I thought was very enlightening and yeah. which we can get into all of that but I just wanted to say I'm a big fan And maybe for everybody who hasn't followed you yet, maybe you can share some background. Was this always your message on Instagram or social media or was this always, did you always want this to be your job? Yeah. So God, no, not at all. Absolutely not. So I, I actually, um, I was a journalist for 10 years. I was working at a glossy magazine, writing about fashion and beauty and, this was all during my throughout my twenties and in my uh, sort of mid mid twenties. I was yeah, I had this like this this job that was yeah, like a, a really cool job, like what I wanted my whole life, like what I'd worked for, for fashion and beauty editor, and I was like. I, I, alongside that, I had an Instagram account where I would just post my like fashion and beauty and post these mm-hmm. pictures, these really like aspirational pictures that were like edited to the nines, honestly, like <laughs> nothing yeah. about those photos at the point of posting them were real anymore. They'd been run through like seven different edited uh, editing apps. I'd like nip in my waist, make my bum bigger, like mm-hmm. s- try and like create more of a jawline, everything, like you name it, whatever. And I was also in the thick of an eating disorder, like really in the depths of a of a an eating disorder, which had developed from a disordered eating basically my my entire life. And the shift to eating disorder had, uh, I think, as well, a lot of a lot of what I was doing had 
contributed to it where I was working mm-hmm. in the world I was working in fashion which is obviously like synonymous with thinness and where thinness is glamorized and so I was posting all these things and just writing about fashion on Instagram and beauty and I just simultaneously I was learning about diet culture and during my recovery, you know, I had this amazing therapist who was trying to teach me about diet culture. At first, I was like, ew, no, what's that rubbish? Like, <laughs> it's innate. Like, if people just want to be thin. Like, people just enjoy yeah. being thin. Like, people are attracted to thin people. Like, that's that. That's that's all it yeah. is. And the more I started to learn, the more things started to click into place. And I realized... I, I felt sort of galvanized into action is the word I always use because it kind of made me a little bit ragey. Because <laughs> I was okay. like, this this world that I was discovering diet culture made me so angry for reasons we will we will go on and talk about but it was so at odds with what I was putting out there publicly and it just wasn't make sense and it was jarring and I was like I feel like I have more to say than what I'm doing now and I think I have more of a responsibility to show real relatable stuff than what I'm doing at the moment which is just completely not reality at all so I made that shift and it was kind of gradual but it just felt really right and the more I did it I mean my first posts were just like not good I mean I just didn't know enough about this world and and about diet culture and what I was I was getting myself into now I know a hell of a lot more um so it's a really gradual shift that happened over time and yeah I mean now I just think like it's so incredibly important to me like what I do now and what I write about and I'm obsessed like you can tell like I'm I just I yeah, love yeah. talking about it like I love writing about it I find that it's I, I I just I think we need to open more people's eyes up to diet culture so I'm like fully fully in it now but yeah I definitely wasn't what were some like revelations that you had early on that like made you have that mental shift because because for me, it took me a long time. I was very, like you're saying, like very deep into, like it was either I was on a diet or not on a diet. And when I was not on a diet, I was like yeah. eating everything I could because I knew I was going to go on a diet. <laughs> so like, yeah. wh- and then when I realized sort of that there's a world outside of that, like you don't need to do that. But also that not everything is diet culture, but that there mm. is a there's an in-between. There is like a compromise I felt like, wow, there's a world out there and I can get there, but it took me a lot of time. What were those little, you know, seeds? Like, what, what were your revelations? Like, uh, I assume one of them was like, holy shit, I can't believe I've been editing my photos like this and this isn't normal because that was one of mine. <laughs> right. Like, that doesn't even look like me anymore. And I'm yeah. looking at that and looking back at myself and feeling depressed when I look back at the real me. And that's yeah. not right. I shouldn't feel like that when I look at me because that's me. What I see on the screen is is not me anymore oh my god I had so many so many of these revelations a huge one for me was seeing I remember this moment clearly seeing a woman on social media and thinking god she looks great she was wearing a bikini and my instant my first thought was god she looks great and then my second thought was but her body is really similar to mine like Mm. that's you know like practically an identical body to mine so if I think she looks really good why do I think I look so disgusting like why am I so grossed out by myself and Mm -hmm. I was suddenly aware of this disparity in my thinking and I think that was the first time that I realized that hang on maybe this is a mind problem rather than a body problem maybe I hate my body 
not because of what it looks like or anything to do with my body, but because my mindset isn't right. And I think that was very, very powerful. And as with all of this stuff, like, as you'll know, you have these revelations, but you don't, it's just, it doesn't like all click into place. It just Mm -hmm. sows a seed of doubt that isn't, you know, that you, you nurture and eventually blossoms into something but that was a huge one for me and also with the dieting like oh my god diet starts tomorrow oh my god (laughs) I feel like my entire life has been a whole diet starts tomorrow diet starts on Monday like I'll be better I'll be better on Monday like I'll just have this now because then I you know and yeah I remember I remember one Sunday thinking I have done this for the past Sunday I have plotted a new diet for the past Sunday for every week of my life for almost my entire <laughs> for, for life ever. yeah like surely if something was going to happen it would have happened by now I, but I, I wasn't really in the right mindset to lean into that so I was like no I need hope because you know I still thought it had to be thin so I was like no I need hope uh so I'm just I'm going to go into it anyway it's going to happen this time and obviously it, it didn't it's, but yeah. that was a big revelation and, and, and eventually I was like hang on if diets worked we would all only need to do one diet it would be one diet done people diet lose the weight and then that's it that's what would happen if diets work but a huge amount of people are on diets constantly so there is something amiss like dieting is not effective um so that was another one oh my god I've got so many I have so many oh just one more actually that I think was really important I want to mention is what I was saying before about thinness a desire to be thin being innate I really believe that I thought it's just the way we're born you know women especially we just want to be thin and and you know I thought I was only attractive if I was thin and going back through history and finding out that that actually desirability changes with decades and with and from culture to culture because beauty standards are fluid and they change over time meaning it's not innate it's just conditioning and just as conditioning is powerful so is deconditioning and that was a real light bulb moment for me as well is 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 realizing that like I am not supposed to be thin you know my my body's not supposed to be thin and that's okay I don't need to be thin right to to be accepted or to accept myself yeah and to be like to accept myself to be like desirable to be lovable to be successful successful, yeah yeah I thought (laughs) you know and I I always say like I'm not saying now I'm like this huge success but in terms of my career I'm lucky now that I'm experiencing you know like nice success and and the irony is I'm is I'm the biggest I've ever been and so this, that this, that's the proof right yeah that's got to make some truth you know around that absolutely this episode is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff i have a solution for you newly newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And 
they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests. Pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So speaking of your success, you just wrote this book. Just It just came out, right? Yeah. Um, you were not a before picture, which I love that title because Thanks. that's a very important message because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people myself included, just always look in the mirror and say, like, what can I change? What can I do? I'll be this, like we were just saying, if I just did that, you know, it's, there's always something to change. And, but saying you are not that is turning that idea on, on its head. So can you share like what's in the book? What can a reader expect to learn or take away yeah. from it? So firstly, yeah, I, I thought that was, that should that had to be the title because I've always just like felt like a before picture like a lot a lot of women do like you said that you mm -hmm. have as well like yeah and that mentality feeds into oh well when I've lost that amount of weight then I'll wear that dress or then I'll be happy to go to that occasion or whatever and you're always putting life off until you look a certain way and I think it's that that mentality is so toxic to call to call on a cliche like life is too short for that and it's too short for us to think that we can't start to really live until we look a certain way especially when a lot of the time we're just fighting with our reality we're fighting with our genes and our dna like mm -hmm. we're not all supposed to be thin like some people are naturally thin thin and then some people aren't so that was important for me to to call the title of the book that and just be like let's stop wasting precious and valuable time 
mm-hmm. thinking that life's only going to begin at a certain point. And then, yeah, the, the book. So it was born out of women saying to me on Instagram, like, you feel better about your body. You know, you've gone through your eating disorders and now you feel better about your body. How can I feel better about mine? And I had a really long recovery um, from eating disorders I had. I initially was diagnosed with anorexia, which morphed into bulimia, which morphed into binge eating disorder before I actually recovered. My, my recovery was long and really bitty. I felt like a lot of the things that uh, amounted to my progress, I sort of I, I received from different areas of my life and my own research. I, di- I didn't have a resource per se, like one, you know, a comprehensive mm-hmm. resource that was going to give me the tools that I needed, and. So when, pe- when women ask me that on Instagram, I'm like, I can't give you that in a, in a DM. And I was upset by that. I was frustrated because I could feel that pain. You know, I know the, mm-hmm. the, the absolute pain. I remember, I remember DMing a woman who had suffered from an eating disorder and, and recovered. And I remember DMing her and saying like, please, this is years ago before I had a following, but saying like, please, can you give me any advice, anything? Like, I know it's weird to message you, but I'm just so desperate. And whenever Mm. I get those messages, like I I can feel, I can remember that feeling of just like help. I really need help. Um, So I was like, I'm going to write something that encompasses everything that has made me feel better about my body. All of those light bulb moments and mm-hmm. even the non-light bulb moments, just those little moments in between that have just all amounted to, to progress. And it, so, so I, I like to call it like a body image Bible. And a lot of it is doing a deep dive back into diet culture, which is a lot of what my page is as well, because for a long time I was showing showing my body off on Instagram and being like hey look I've got cellulite and stretch marks and stomach rolls and if I can you can too and I think that content is really important and has been an incredible gateway into self-acceptance but for me something was always missing and I and I realized that what was missing is I felt like that is is only tackling the surface of the problem Mm -hmm. where and the root of the problem lies in diet culture and this diet industry this 192.2 billion dollar diet industry that thrives off of us feeling bad about our bodies it thrives off of our insecurities and we're just it's just lining the pockets of a lot of people and that's why it's so successful and I think that conversation felt missed out to me and the history of diet culture as well and I think that was a really pivotal moment for me was like learning about the history of diet culture and being like there's a reason I wasn't born hating my body I wasn't born Mm -hmm. wanting to be thinner I was taught it and we live in a world that teaches us to it and I think it's so important to recognize that and identify that because that to me is where you can really heal you were saying that you were DMing people like when you were desperate for help to heal with your eating disorder what was the moment when you did get help like what got you there yeah well it was my mom actually so I, I'd basically been on every diet under the sun since the age of like 11 to sort of early 20s and I, I started on a juice diet actually it was all the rage in London at the time like especially in the fashion industry because as we said it's all like super glamorized and like mm-hmm. eating disorders are like starvation's pretty yeah. much 
feels very glamorized yes and I started a juice diet and it kind of it unlocked this like much darker state for me that eventually just led into me cut I mean because juice diet is not eating at all just drinking juices and I just drank less and less and less juice until I just stopped eating altogether and it was my mom then who was said like something is really not right we need to get some help Mm. and she took me to I was really fortunate because like here it's it is unless your BMI is really really low it's it's very hard to get help here um I don't know if that's the same with you guys as well but um you know it has to be like worryingly low so I was really lucky (laughs) I mean that sounds weird to say but in a sense I was lucky that I was able to access help and access Mm -hmm. sustained sustained help for it and so yeah I went to a hospital for a while and but like I said the my recovery was not straightforward in in any sense and I think a lot of what I I want to do what I try to talk about as well is that is the like quasi recovery is the in-between bits of recovery because I think it it all sounds so straightforward when you hear about it online and on tv and in books it's like oh she got sick but she got help and then she's recovered and like great yay and knowing all of that and hearing all of that and then me going through it myself and that not happening at all I just felt like I'd failed to reach yet another standard. I Mm -hmm. I felt like I failed again. And I think this applies to people not just with eating disorder, but who are trying to feel better about their bodies and quit dieting as well. It's like, it's not just like an overnight thing, like one and done, you're, you know, here we go. It's, it's really hard work, especially when we live in a world that is is screaming back at us to be thinner, be smaller, shrink yourself, look a certain way. Dieting is great. So yeah, I think that's for everyone across the board. That's an important message that like there's no just end line. You've recovered. Yay, I'm done. I also see a registered dietitian and um, like we talk about it and she's like, think about how many years of your life you were on diets. Like it's going to take just as much time, if not more, to undo that yeah. sometimes. Like just to learn new habits or to unlearn those previous habits. It's not like just, oh yeah, you saw me a few times and oh great, you're, you're healed. Like it's not like that. And totally from my experience also, just there's, you know, I, I, I did a lot of the intuitive eating work and then like you, I'm sometimes I wonder like, what if I did do go on a diet now? It would be different because I have this other mindset, but like not really, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, checking yourself and it's like, uh, it's up and down. And I like how you said there's like these quasi recoveries, yeah. but I think that's just part of the whole thing. Totally. Right? How, how have you found working with a dietitian? Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good, right? I love it because, I mean, I've seen all sorts of therapists, blah, blah, blahs in my life. And this time I went in with a purpose and I knew what that purpose was, which our audience does know this, but I'll share with you. Like I, I have been on diets my whole life. I had my wedding greatest diet of all time, but I took a really long time to get there. And I said, like, this is going to be it. And then for some reason, after the wedding, I was gaining weight. And I was like, how is this possible? How did it not work? And I lost weight over a year. I thought it was supposed to be slow and steady. I thought this was the right way. And, you know, it's still, I wasn't even enjoying any of the weight I was gaining. Like nothing was enjoyable about it. And I was like, holy shit, like I got to stop. This is like the end point. But then so yeah. I, I felt a little bit recovered, but then I got pregnant and I had a baby and 
I'm post baby now and I can't and now I'm in this new body <laughs> that I've never yeah. had before and I'm just like okay now what <laughs> and so I'm seeing a yeah. dietitian to learn nutrition again because like I used to think like I know everything about nutrition because I know how many yeah. calories are in everything or how many macros you're supposed like all for the sake of losing weight but like that's not actually like nutrition for the sake of health <laughs> right so, so I was like, this is what I'm setting out to do, learning nutrition for the sake of health for the rest of my life. And that's, that. that's it. That's where I'm at. But yeah, it's up Isn't and it down. funny? Did you find like, because when I started working with a dietitian, and, and actually that was incredibly helpful for me, like, because up until that point, I was like, I don't need nutritional yeah. help. I know everything there is to know about nutrition. But like you said, I yeah. knew all the diet stuff. So like, yeah. and I had these weird beliefs that I could only eat carbs once a day. And that, that mm -hmm. once a day needed to be lunchtime and that I couldn't eat breakfast. And that was mm -hmm. all just so not. And it was just things that like we pick up from different fad diets that we've tried yeah. along the way, isn't it? And then suddenly you're like, oh my God, people are supposed to eat carbs with every meal. <laughs> like that's just normal. Wow. <laughs> what like, a revelation. A revelation yeah <laughs> yeah a big one of mine was that like all these rules there's that rule and then there's the rule that says like the actual opposite of it and that's like the biggest sort of red flag to me that there aren't rules maybe there's nutrition guidelines but really like what works for you and your health is like yeah individualized so totally that to me was also like a kind of a a blinking moment where i was like wow yeah. And also, like, did you feel like you picked up, like, really random, like, rules from every diet and then they didn't even make sense together? <laughs> they made no sense. But what I'm, like, what I'm most shocked about is my absolute, like, insistence that I was, like, well-versed in nutrition. I, I thought I was just, like, a nutritional guru. <laughs> I was like, I know yes. everything. But actually, all I knew was, like, the specific calorie amounts for every single food and food product in the entire world but like that's mm -hmm. all I knew which is so weird so crazy yeah. and, and that and and that's why like in the um in the book as well this isn't me just plugging the book I promise but in the book I did a, 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 <laughs> I did a chapter of like how we actually should be eating because mm -hmm. I think just a lot of us just don't realize like, we know. just don't we just don't know we just don't get it and I, I don't know about you but I feel like there's a lot on Instagram and social me media about intuitive eating and that's great mm -hmm. like it obviously in an ideal world everyone would be an intuitive eater right but yeah. to me the stuff lacking on social media and that stuff is like okay great but like how do I actually eat because like at the same time as yeah. I want to like treat my body and make sure I'm not deprived I also want to give it the nourishment that it deserves like I want right. to know like how much protein should I be eating how much car just a rough idea I'm not gonna my guidelines. whole meal's not gonna be like yeah. you know, just guidelines because I think to me that that that, that is miss missing on on social media because I see these amazing posts about intuitive eating I'm like that's so great and I wanted I you know I want to get there but like how yeah right <laughs> right how? right your intuition doesn't just click in right. maybe it'll click in in terms of like how much you can eat in that sitting but it doesn't click in about like you know gentle nutrition is a piece of intuitive eating but like there's not enough actual information about there and that's and there actually is a lot of information on social media about nutrition but it's usually from trainers <laughs> and non right. non-licensed people and yeah that is an issue like I hear a lot of people like diet cultures all around me from parents 
all the people that I know. <laughs> and I yeah. hear them like espousing like all this stuff that they've learned over the years. Like I hear quotes from like Atkins diet and I'm like, that is just, it's not true. Oh, no. It's just <laughs> not true. <laughs> maybe a piece of it might be true, but is it healthy? Can your kidneys sustain that kind of stuff? Yeah. It, it's, it's just all over social media. And like that part makes me mad because now that I have learned a lot, I feel like also enlightened a bit. And I don't know if like you feel that way too. And like when you see stuff on social media, you're like, this is completely false. Oh my God. I mean, keto, it feels like yeah. keto, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but keto feels like a cult now. It's just like people are like so deep and invested in keto. And I'm like, I, I don't want to like piss on on people's parade if they're like really into keto because I, I also like understand what it's like to be on a diet and be thinking like this has got to be the one so I do get yeah. that but I mean keto is just I mean it's just Atkins dressed up in like different clothes and it's just yeah with just like slightly different um, macro right. adjustments right <laughs> selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's get back to your book and everything and all of your posts. I like to talk about just body image in general and the word picture in all of this because I think pictures determine a lot of our how the way we see ourselves because you know pictures like we're talking about Instagram, social media, pictures are everywhere. You and I are looking at our, each other right now on Zoom like we are constantly like viewing ourselves through a lens that isn't we can't possibly see ourselves. So all yeah. we all we have are these pictures and all we have are these different lenses. And you post a lot about like camera angles and all of that. And me, like I, 
you know, just from my current experience, like I was saying, I'm in like kind of a new-ish body and I don't really know what to make of it because I've never seen myself in this body. But all I have is pictures. And when I look at it, I'm like, this isn't what I see in the mirror. I don't understand. But I take a selfie yeah. and in the mirror <laughs> and that yeah. looks completely different. <laughs> right. How do we like kind of come to terms that, that we look different everywhere? And which version of us do we believe? <laughs> Yeah, this is so hard. And I know, uh, oh God, I think everyone listening will know that feeling so well when you're like feeling happy in yourself, you're feeling comfortable, you're at an event, say, and then someone takes a picture of you, you see the picture and it is just so far removed from how you see yourself and how you saw yourself and it throws you. It's horrible. It's a really horrible feeling and it's, it's really disorientating as well because it's like, oh, so what I'm seeing isn't real and, mm-hmm. you know, like, what do I believe? And the thing is, is that it's like cameras are so clever at capturing us, but they're also very clever at manipulating and distorting an image as well. And it's like you, I did a post recently that basically you take exactly the same photo, but you just change the, uh, the lens on the camera and the results Mm -hmm. are like vastly different in one. Like my face is so it looks so slim and then in others it's so round and it's just you just can't rely on a picture and and we can't give pictures the power to make or break our day and to ruin our day like we just can't do that because they are snapshots in time like angles are crazy you can literally like as I'm sitting here right now I could have like if I had like 10 different cameras on me 10 pictures would come back and I would look totally different in all Mm -hmm. of them And the thing we have to remember is like, we are like living, breathing, moving, like 3D human beings and not, you know, we're not like these static images. And I guess I can't really, a lot of people say say to me when I do those posts, like, so what do I believe? And I Mm -hmm. guess I I don't, the answer is what you see, what you see in in the mirror, like, that's real, that's you. Yeah, that's how you right. are. Like, if you just get a, a, a picture that's a bad angle, that's all it is. It's a picture with a bad angle. I love that quote. It's about, you know, like sunsets. If you've ever seen like an amazing sunset, right? And you get your phone out, you're like, oh my God, I've got to capture this. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you take the photo and it looks so shit. And you're yeah. like, oh, and you're looking at the photo, you're looking at your, at your phone and, you and you're looking at the sunset. Yeah. You just can't capture it. And I think, yeah, just going back to like, don't let anything, just don't let anything like that have the power to derail you. If you feel good, if you like what you see in the mirror and you're feeling good and you you feel like you look good, that's all that matters. It really is. And also, you know, going back to the whole, like, we worry about what other people think about us and how, what people think are thinking when they look at us and something that is, and actually this is one of the light bulb moments that I wanted to include at the start is that realizing that people just don't care enough. Other people just do not care. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I went through this stage where I was gaining weight in recovery and I was like hysterical about it. Absolutely hysterical crying to my therapist, like sobbing. And she, she just said to me, you know, I said people will be talking about me saying I've gained weight. And she was like, I'm, I'm what? So what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that that felt so confronting and I didn't really know how to answer it because I was like, well, I don't know then what. Yeah, the what is that they're talking? That's enough. <laughs> yeah. And so she was like, okay, so so your friend says so your other friend, oh, Alex has put on weight and then what? And I was like, 
it's actually kind of true like then what like yeah they have they both have busy lives they've both got their insecurities of their own like what the fuck does it matter <laughs> do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that's I mean what else can they talk about what else can they do apart from say oh she's put on weight and then what do you know what I mean it's like right yeah people are so wrapped up in themselves and their own lives and their own insecurities if that's the worst that can happen that a friend can remark that you've put on weight like so what you yeah, know no right I just think we we catastrophize in our head and make it feel like this huge thing that we it's going to be so scary and so awful when actually it's just really not that big of a deal right you put like this anticipation of what they're thinking of you on this pedestal like, and you're just like you blow it up and you're just like you think that it's just the worst thing ever that this person sees you in this different in this light that is not the way maybe that you see yourself necessarily. And then yeah. what? <laughs> right? Uh, right? That's what you're right. saying. That's what you're saying. It's like, okay. I think also like the distortedness of all of the photos and the cameras and like, I think it sometimes might worsen like body dysmorphia in some ways because when you Definitely. don't have something to rely on, like internally, um. when you are so reliant on a mirror to like set your day straight, like to set your self-esteem. That's when we become very vulnerable and we get upset when we see like one bad angle. But in reality, like we, the picture is 2D. I think maybe it was an article that was written about you that I was reading that was like a a photographer or maybe it was your post, a photographer like chimed in like this is a 2D photo. Like there's obviously, it's obviously going to be look, look different. And so like for me, it's really helpful to like understand sort of maybe the science of like why we look different in photos to remember that like it doesn't really matter. This is just a snapshot of you. And in reality, you are much more than what a photo says, right? Totally. And something else that contributes to this as well is that the imagery that we're so used to seeing of other people is, I mean, through the media, through advertising and through – and typically that stuff is very curated, very uh-huh. curated, very edited, very filtered. But we're not getting that with ourselves. <laughs> we're getting like raw, candid, random <laughs> angles, you know. So it's like, of, of course, there's going to be a stark contrast and, and that's going to make us feel bad. But I think it's important to remember that as well, is that you're not seeing those candid a- angles and photos of anybody else, really. Well, speaking of everybody else, I think like celebrity, but you also post about like celebrity photos and like those especially the ones that you can tell that the publisher is trying to make the person look bad. Like I think it's really like Daily Mail does that. Yeah. And it just makes me feel so terrible. Like when uh, I see that, because I know what they're trying to do and they are, they are saying yeah. this is a bad angle where she looks like heavier. This is what I think they're saying, not what I think, but what they're saying. And therefore you should feel X, Y, Z. You should feel bad about yourself or this person right. is going to be feel bad about themselves. And you set them spiraling. Like you posted some pictures of Camila Cabello on social media. And then like a lot of comments that were people were sharing. And it was just like, upset me but what do you think about all of that like the celebrity body shaming yeah and you're so right like those those publications know exactly what they're doing I know and actually I guess the power really lies with us not to click on those things and not to read them and and not to scrutinize those images 
but at the same time, I feel like we need to counter that narrative because, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of people think that the people commenting and saying those nasty things like they're a different species of people they're just like weird basement dwellers like in their like grandma's house just like or like angry keyboard warriors but I think we'd be so surprised to find out that a lot of these people are just like me and you they're like Uh normal functioning like people of society in society and I think we need to talk about it we need to talk about why people feel the need to body shame like that and be so disgusting and so aggressive and actually I believe that a lot of it comes down to it's just a projection of pain pain that they felt Mm -hmm. you know because of how they've been treated throughout through their body and the standards that they feel that they're held to um but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's 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 really it's really disgusting, and it means that any any young girl, and a lot of people read, for example, the Daily Mail, which is where that article was. It, I think it's the, like the biggest news mm. online news source in the world. So, like, think of how many people are clicking on and reading that, and it's just yeah, it's horrible. Like, I wish they would filter the comments, but I mm-hmm. suspect that they don't because well, they know what they're doing. You know? They know what they're doing, uh, and people are looking for those comments to see, like, oh, is my inkling about what I think about this photo correct? Like, even though exactly. it's in like, the darkest part of our minds. Exactly. And the thing though, when I see these pictures, like, if I see a picture of J Lo or something, and I see sort of this uh, alternative angle of hers, and she looks more human. I feel instantly better about myself, not because she looks bad in any way, but because she looks human. And then I compare it to her own posts and I see like she's kind of giving in to those higher beauty standards. Like there's never enough for anybody like Kim Kardashian constantly editing her still right. face tuning her photos which to me is crazy face tuning like should have ended like like years ago <laughs> like, especially when it. she's been called out for it like a million I know she times. keeps doing it I always <laughs> look for it now it's just yeah. to see that there's really no like you can be this like known as the most beautiful person in the world but a you are just human remembering a you're just human and b that like they also have days like us like I think that's sometimes what yeah. those pictures remind me. I don't yeah. know if you feel that way. Do you know what I used to? I definitely used to. Um, I think. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm the like pinnacle of self acceptance or whatever, but I think I've done yeah. enough work on self acceptance for me to actually. It is a form of comparison. It's like a it's a downwards comparison. Yeah. Sort of thinking, oh, she makes me feel better, you know, because that's not such a great angle or whatever. And I think that stuff, while I do think it's necessary, like initially, I think mm-hmm. that can also cause problems as well. Because you're comparing. Yeah, because you're comparing. For example, if you take Adele, for example, she was like the plus size woman's hero, right? Yeah. She was like finally this super successful, like incredibly successful woman. And she's plus size. She's living in a fat body. And then she lost all that weight. And as a result of the weight loss, so many women were triggered by it. Totally understandable because they'd held her on that pedestal. Like she made them feel better about themselves. Right. 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 And I think that's the problem with anyone that you compare yourself to, even in that way, like whenever you do that, you're placing your value and your worth in someone else's hands. And when it's in an external source, it's always going to be on a very shaky foundation. It's not mm-hmm. built on a strong foundation. And I think the only way that you can really gain true 
self-acceptance and feel really solid in yourself is to build that on internal acceptance. At least that's what I think. But I used to do that a lot. I really did. But now I just, I feel like I'm at a place and this is like years and years later. (laughs) I remember I've been doing this for a hell of a long time, but I just feel like I'm in a place where I can like appreciate everyone's body. I just don't really care what they look like after 30 odd years of caring. So Right. No, I think that's a great point in terms of like comparison. What I was just saying was that like who actually knows if they are or not okay with what those pictures are, but to see Camila Cabello say that she knows that you're posting this and I'm still going to look like this anyway. So like kind of F you, but it does hurt sometimes because I know what you're doing, but to know that that's her narrative and just kind of like going on with her day and getting those photographs and saying, F you, I don't care. This is who I am. And then seeing that she is actually just like a human being who is just like extremely talented for her singing abilities. Like I think that is the inspiring thing that makes me or like would make me feel good about myself. Totally. I totally agree with you about Adele or like Rebel Wilson, for example. Yeah. Who's, it's amazing that they did what they wanted to do and they, whatever, feel yeah. happy. But I agree for women that they were like these idols too. I think that definitely makes you question like, oh, what, what about me now? What am I supposed yeah, to do? But what you were saying, sorry, I hope I wasn't sounding like preachy there, but like, I was just no, 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 meant no. like in terms of like, do it, does it make me feel better? But I, I 100% agree with you. And like, we need more women like Camila Cabello being like, well, yeah, like F you, I'm just, I'm going to look however I want. I'm going to wear whatever I want. And exactly. if you want to take pictures, you can take pictures, but this is my body and I'm proud of it. And mm-hmm. I think that is so vital, for, especially for, well, for all generations, you know, I say the younger generation, but us too, you know, yeah. we're, we've been like huge victims of like absolutely totally. flawless, like airbrush celebrities. So yeah, I think it's like hugely important. I love yeah. her. Yeah, same. And she also like just wears kind of like funky stuff and that like also like people like say shit in the comments, but it's like she also doesn't seem like she gives two shits and she's just sort of like just wearing whatever regardless of whether or not like she should be based on what people are saying. Yeah. And she's just living her best life and the outfits that, you know, represent her personality. And I kind of just really like that. Love that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. One thing, speaking of celebrities, that like really was jarring to me to go backwards in the past yeah. of like Victoria Beckham, that one video, and I know you're, you know what I'm talking about, the one where they make her step yeah. on a scale. Yeah. I, when I saw that, I was floored. I know. Floored. I know. Um, unreal. For everybody listening, the video that I'm referring to, Alex, you posted that, but it's, 
it's like she's she's interviewing for a talk show or something, a radio show, and they she just had a baby, and the man, he's the host, is asking her if she's you know lost her baby weight, right? And then he goes, let's check, pulls out a scale, and has her step on it, and then judges whether it's good or not. Yeah. To me, that is truly the most horrifying thing I've ever heard or seen, but it actually happened, which yeah. makes me like, you know, I know hurt for my younger self who used to like want to be posh spice. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And watch stuff like that. Because I mean that is particularly like ever, but we saw loads of little stuff like that. Loads. And yeah, so much, so much. And like, I mean, it's it is just literally like he cheer. He he said, "Oh, not bad, eight and a half stone, not bad." And then the audience like claps and cheers. Oh for my her. god, the it's like it's like this is so crazy. And also, imagine if it was a man on right. like who'd come on. Like, why the fuck would they ever think to weigh him? They wouldn't. Of course, they wouldn't because it's just weird. Like, why are you weighing her? The yeah. thing that like also I was thinking about is just thinking about a former self watching this as a, like a very young, vulnerable girl yeah. is thinking that like men are judging your weight. Yeah. Like that, th- that yeah. part. And just, so I, I kind of look, watch yeah. that and I feel a little bit more appreciative of like how much maybe progress we've made in terms of like pop culture. Do you feel like there has been a lot of progress or do you think there has been progress in hiding, like not being so overt about it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's been, it's become like diet culture has become very good at dressing itself up in different clothes, you know, and, and for example, in wellness and well-being and balance, you know, a lot of that stuff is just pure diet culture. And, you know, I always struggle to answer this because I think I'm in a bubble I with who I follow on Instagram like my feed is beautiful like it's so curated and I've got so many amazing like people and women on there that I just love obsessed with and they're all fantastic but then something will just burst my bubble for example the National Enquirer I don't know if you saw that magazine that Mm -mm. came out uh oh I think it was at the start of this year maybe or, or last year and it was best and worst beach bodies 50 celebrity best and worst beach bodies this year and it yeah yep in the uk <laughs> no no in the us in the us oh my god yeah and it was it was one of my posts that went viral because people were like oh but you know you're just picking out an old photo uh, an old magazine i'm like no no this has just been released and it was absolutely shocking they put Tess Holiday in there and said, Oh, she's having a whale of the this this two hundred pound woman's having a whale of the of the time Sorry. at the beach. <laughs> and I know, I know it was really um unbelievable. I'm trying to get the cover up for you now, um, because it's it is be- like beyond shocking. And so I see things like that and I'm like, okay, well maybe it is still like ridiculously overt because that is mm-hmm. here you go. This is it. Wow. Yeah. And you know, that stuff just uh, like you're grocery shopping and it's there and it just, like you said, bursts your bubble. Like you can't avoid it. I just can't, I can't yeah. that up this year. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just mad, that is isn't shocking. it? What is clear, I'm sure we've made progress. I am, I am, I want to be very positive that we've made progress, but I do mm-hmm. think that we still have a long way to go. And especially in terms of fat phobia, I think fat phobia is still so rife and people just have this very deep seated fear of being fat. And I, I, I think we have a really long way to go in that aspect, particularly. 
Right. It definitely feels like the conversation just started, even though it feels like we have made progress. It feels like it's just starting. And I don't know if it's going to be completely changed in our lifetime, but we'll see what happens in the future. Are there any points or tips that you can kind of help any listeners with, you know, kind of that self that we were talking about, you know, not comparing Mm. and, you know, kind of healing within. Are there any maybe some things from your book or like any points of or reminders that people can kind of take with them after listening to this episode to help them like, you know, with their inner monologue yeah. of acceptance? My favorite point on this is this analogy with flowers, right? So I think we've, we now live in a world where it's, we're all striving to look the same and that's one way and that's just one very narrow standard of beauty and if you take a step back like that is so weird and so warped because we are so vastly different like we are so diverse we all have different genes dna like upbringing environments we look so different and like that should be the coolest thing like that should be the beauty like diversity should be the beauty and yet we're fixated on this quest for this one type of beauty, which is Mm -hmm. just so warped. And I love this flowers analogy of like, there are so many different beautiful flowers in the world, right? I mean, you can have your favorites, but they all look, they're all gorgeous. And imagine if there was only one, like imagine if there was just a rose and like, that was the only type of flower. Like how sad is that? And all the peonies and all the hydrangeas are just trying to be roses like it's so sad exactly it's so sad and I just feel like it's such a good analogy for like us and what we've ended up Mm -hmm. becoming it's just striving for this one type of beauty when really the beauty is in diversity and if if you can really make yourself realize that and challenge yourself to look for that beauty outside of what's been what you've been told is beautiful and if you really look around and try and see the beauty in diversity and in places and in people that you wouldn't have seen it before that's so powerful and ultimately that's going to lead you to seeing the beauty in yourself because it is there Mm -hmm. it's just we've been so conditioned to not see it Mm -hmm. and that's such a shame and I just yeah for anyone listening as well I would love to say that like this stuff is possible like it's possible to be at peace with your body it's possible to not be on a diet (laughs) you know it's possible to live your life just like eating like a normal person and also not having to think not being consumed constantly with eating and your weight and it's so possible and if I can do it like so can anyone you know I want that to be like that's not me being like oh I did it but I mean like I want that to be motivating and to to be like yeah because it is it is possible I think we just think we're so entrenched in it and it's so ingrained in us that like we're just gonna have to accept that this is our lives forever but it's not the case and we can break free of diet culture and break free of this just belief that we have to be thin in order to to be happy because it's just it's a myth it's not true and happiness is already there like ready waiting for us <laughs> we just mm-hmm. have to get rid of all this shit to like really truly access it if yeah. that makes sense that does make sense thank you that's a great perspective about the flowers especially i really like that because yeah. you would you would talk to those hydrangeas and those peonies be like you're crazy you're beautiful i love you're you beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> i'm planting you you're amazing <laughs> why would exactly. you want to be a rose <laughs> I, that's so true i love that yeah well, thank you so much alex where can people find you where can they buy your book please share it all 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Instagram at alexlight underscore LDN. And yeah, my book, You're Not a Before Picture, is on Amazon. So yeah, thank you so much. And it's out now, right? It's out now, yes. It's out now. Great. Well, congratulations on your book. And join us this Thursday. Alex is coming back for our Thursday episode. We're going to do some DST wins and answer uh, a listener email. So guys, don't forget to listen this Thursday. And that is it for this episode of DST. Email us dst at budgets.com to get your questions answered. You can call us 212-287-5650. Follow us at Die Stars Tomorrow. You can follow me at Aileen. Follow Alex at Alex Light underscore LDN London, not licensed <laughs> dietitian nutritionist. <laughs> and we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.